Shit We've Read is brought to you by Oblivion Geeks in partnership with Bilo Network. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now, let's talk about some books. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi fantasy book podcast hosted by two geeky friends. My name is Jason Rico, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Laura Benson. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Hello, hello, hello. It's going well. How are you? I am doing great. Excited to talk about another book. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm very excited to discuss this particular one. Yeah, me too. I'm sure we have lots to say. On today's episode, we will be talking about The Ones We're Meant to Find by Joan He. It is a young adult dystopian science fiction. But before we get into that discussion, um, this episode we're recording is a little different than normal. Um, a little peek behind the curtains. Usually we pick a book ahead of time that we're going to be reading and talking about. And that's usually because our reading schedules don't really sync up very well. Um, sometimes we read the same books, but rarely do we read them at the same time. Uh, different you know, speeds that we read and other books that interest us more. Um, but the stars align this time and we actually read the same book pretty much at the exact same time, completely mm-hmm. unplanned. Yep. Um, so because of that, we decided, well, let's jump on a Zoom call and talk about the book. Um, so it's going to go a little different than normal, but here we are anyway. Yeah. Now, before we dive into our first thoughts, let's see what the synopsis over on Goodreads has to say. One of the most twisty, surprising, engaging page turner YAs you'll read this year. We Were Liars meets Black Mirror with a dash of Studio Ghibli. C has been trapped on an abandoned island for three years without any recollection of how she arrived or memories from her life prior. All she knows is that somewhere out there, beyond the horizon, she has a sister named Kay, and it's up to C to cross the ocean and find her. In a world apart, 16-year-old STEM prodigy Casey Mizuhara lives in an eco-city built for people who protected the planet and now needs protecting from it. With natural disasters on the rise due to climate change, eco-cities provide clean air, water, and shelter. The residents, in exchange, must spend at least a third of their time in stasis pods, conducting business virtually whenever possible to reduce their environmental footprint. While Casey, an introvert and loner, doesn't mind the lifestyle, her sister Celia hated it. Popular and lovable, Celia much preferred the outside world, but no one could have predicted that Celia would take a boat out to sea, never to return. Now it's been three years since Celia's disappearance, and Casey has given up hope. Logic says that her sister must be dead, but nevertheless, she decides to retrace Celia's last steps. Where they'll lead her, she does not know. His sister was full of secrets, but Casey has a secret (laughs) of her own. I think you need to reread that last Why? one because you said you said three years, but it's just three months. <laughs> and then and and then a few other things happened after that. Nope, it was perfect. We're, <laughs> we're going with it. Okay. All right. Clap. Take two. So um <laughs> as always, we'll give our thoughts on the book without any sort of spoilers. We'll save those for later. Um Laura, what did you think about this book? Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. I really did. I I went into it not really knowing what this book was going to be about. Um, I, I pretty much, I think I first fell in love with the cover. 
And then I yeah. only read the read the first paragraph of the synopsis. So I didn't. <laughs> I just knew that there were two sisters that were somehow separated, and they're trying to find each other. That's all that I really knew about it. And so I didn't really have any expectations of what I was about to read. And I was very pleasantly surprised to find that it was actually a sci-fi, um, which is totally my genre. Uh, and I was just very intrigued with with jumping between the two sisters and what was happening and, and trying to piece together the connections. Um, I was very confused in the first half of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was confused, like in a good way. I was like, what is going on? This is so weird. I need to know. So I just kept reading through, kept reading it. Um, and then I started getting answers and the, the twist of this, the plot twist was kind of surprising to me. <laughs> okay. But looking back at the same time, I'm like, no, nah, I, I guess that makes sense. I just wasn't really putting it together. I mean, those are the best twists where you don't always see it coming, but looking back, you're like, well, the clues are there. Yeah. Right. Like, I hate books that have a twist. And like, wait, what? How was I supposed to predict that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed this book. It was um, surprisingly, I want to say it was kind of a fast read, but that might also just be because I was really into it. Mm-hmm. What about you? I also really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it. It's been a while since a book really kind of took me on a journey that mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. You know, most books are pretty straightforward, A to B. I know, I know what I'm going to get. But this book I was reading is like, where the heck is this going? What, what is this? What is that? Um, I really liked it. The the synopsis that says it's you know like an episode of Black Mirror. Is pretty accurate. I feel like mm-hmm. this definitely could be a Black Mirror episode. Um, if you just take C's storyline, that felt like a Twilight Zone episode to me. Yeah. Um, because there's a twist. We, we're not going to say what it is. Um, so I can't really dive into, into that too much. But that itself felt like very Twilight Zone, which is more my speed. I haven't watched all of Black Mirror. I've only watched a few episodes. Those episodes give me way too much anxiety. <laughs> So I can't. They're I can't terrifying. Really, I can't really watch them. I because you just know something's gonna happen. I'm like, I don't need this in my life. I, I watch TV <laughs> to escape the pressures and anxiety of the real world. <laughs> um, yeah, but I thought this book was very beautifully written and very atmospheric. Um, mm-hmm. It does start very slowly, and honestly, for me, it was kind of difficult to get into. Um, I would say the first half of the book took me longer to get through because of that. But eventually it does pick up. And once the twist comes, it hooks into you and it's full speed ahead um, and eventually unravels into a really nice uh, mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does leave you. Go ahead. I was I was just going to say it's it's funny that you say that it was a slow read in the beginning for you. Because when I was looking at other reviews after I finished reading it, there are people that say the same thing. But I keep thinking back, like, I don't think I ever felt like it was slow to me. But it might be that maybe maybe I was just so into these little references here and there that I was making connections um, between things that were happening. Maybe it didn't didn't quite feel that way for me. That's fair. I will admit maybe part of it was because you could tell it was leading to something bigger. 
And so it was kind of like, I need to get through all this first before I can get to that. And so mm -hmm. some of it felt like it was extra padding that I didn't need. Cause like, just get me to the mystery already. That said, it was, like I said, it was really nicely written. Mm -hmm. Um, Joan, he's a, a great writer. Um, I've heard yes. nothing, but this is the first book I've read by her. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about the other stuff she's written. Um, my biggest complaint about the book is that some of the science and the explanations don't really make sense. Um, but the overall story was engaging enough that that didn't detract from my overall enjoyment. Uh, ultimately, mm -hmm. This book feels like a science fiction that was written by a great writer who knows how to pull off the fiction part, not so much the science part. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I can see that. There are a few things that they're, they're a little questionable. Yeah. Um, you kind of just have to like ignore them. It's like, I'm not going to question yeah. this too much. Just go with it. <laughs> and it's a really good book. But once you start questioning things, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. I think I got reading it. I, I just I got the concept of what they were trying to do. And so I was just like, OK, we'll just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I, you know, this is a young adult, too. So we tend to do that reading young adult books in general. Right. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we jump into spoilers? Mm, no, I think everything else is probably spoiler. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, you're warned now. We're going into spoiler territory. If you haven't read it and you want to be surprised, stop listening now. I always say that the best sci-fi offers some sort of social commentary. And this book does a really good job at that. Mm -hmm. um, this in particular was like a cautionary tale about where the planet is headed if we don't do something about climate change and pollution and just like a rampant capitalism um so for me uh, this was like a really good young adult sci-fi book because you and i have read other young adult sci-fi books in the past and we both agree that the sci-fi part of that was kind of lacking mm -hmm. um it just they ended up feeling more like just young adult romances with like a little sprinkling <laughs> of science fiction on top. Yeah. But this really felt like an actual true sci-fi book. And I really, really liked it because of that. Yeah. I, um, so again, I really only read that first paragraph of the synopsis. So I didn't make this connection to the, to the story kind of revolving around climate change and just, um, I guess, disaster in general. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was actually really excited when I got to the point where I realized this is what this book is about. This is part of it. It's not a, it's not just like, um, you know, we're just dealing with the effects of this and this is how my life is today. It's like, no, this is, this is going on. This is part of the story. Um, this is part of the reason for this story. Uh, this is a, the story is a result of climate change, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, I really loved that it was um, part, part of it because we can kind of make that connection. We can definitely make that connection now. Right. And it wasn't heavy handed either, I felt like. Mm -mm. Like obviously this world exists in a dystopia where pollution has ruined the world but the but the story never says you know this is earth 
this is the year 2040 and corporations have polluted our oceans and you know blah 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 it never did that it's just this is the world that it exists in um you can obviously infer that stuff has progressed a certain way um so you can make connections to our own lives now but i, I did enjoy that we were just popped into this world and not really told where it takes place in our future. Well, I, I just I thought it was really interesting, the whole climate change and like the different um, solutions that people were trying to come up with to make things better. Uh, while they may or may not have worked, they were just fascinating in general. And uh, they brought up pretty early on ranks mm -hmm. and uh I was really fascinated at first with it. I was like, that's kind of a cool idea. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't actually, I don't know if I like this ranking system. <laughs> it actually reminded me a lot of one of the Black Mirror episodes. Um, that particular episode is one of the more terrifying ones for me, too. Uh, and then the the more I thought about it, I was like, I hope that this is brought up this rank system is, is not fair. Um, yeah. And I, I was happy to see that they did because, um, later on, I made a note for this. Um, let me find it. It was a flashback that Casey was having where uh, her her sister Celia said, with our ranks, we're invincible. And I was like, wow, that's that's OK. So they're acknowledging this because Casey specifically says Meridian would have called out Celia for her entitlement but then it was really interesting at the same time because it continues on. But wasn't that what rank was a measure of what people were entitled to redeem after banking in good planetary stewardship? They were already being taxed for other people's mistakes, restricted to living in e-cities, as Celia called them, because others had made the outside territories unsafe. So it's kind of an interesting way to look at it kind of from both sides. It's like, it's kind of a gray area, but it was still terrifying, the idea of ranks, especially because they explained that your rank is also based on your ancestors. Yeah, that was... So even was... if you have like a zero-waste lifestyle, you could have a terrible rank because your great-great-great-great-grandfather was in the fossil fuel business. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Um because it's essentially a caste system. Yeah. And on the surface level, it kind of makes sense. Like it, it's based on merit essentially, right? Like hmm. how good towards the planet are you? Which if you're really good and zero waste and, and totally nice and everything, um, I feel like you should be rewarded. But like you just said, if my great, great, great grandfather was in fossil fuels, even though I may be perfect, well, guess what? I have a low rank now, um, which does play in a lot to actual caste systems of like, oh, my ancestors were, you know, indentured to the, ro the royal family. 
So now I am because of something that happened generations mm-hmm. ago. I also don't think it really made sense. It didn't really make sense too, because I mean, it's similar to now where if somebody is in a situation that's not good and they're trying to make it better, but you made them stay in that situation. Like there's nothing that they can really do to make it better. So that's kind of a way that I was looking at it too. All these people that are stuck in these territories on earth instead of in their e-cities, you know, how much can they really do to make it better? Not much. Because the circumstances, they just can't yeah. do anything. They're stuck there. There's only so much room on these ego cities. So it doesn't matter yeah. if you're perfect on territory four. Like, there's no room for you. Sorry. It sucks. <laughs> but that's what happens in dystopia, right? Yeah, no, it's that's just, true. Life sucks. A lot you gotta of deal with are it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you foresee the plot twist at all? And we're jumping forward a little bit, but just just to get it out there early. Uh, that specific one, no. Um, although I, let's let's to, for anybody who's listening who maybe hasn't read the book and they don't care about spoilers, I just want to know the plot twist is that C, the, the sister that's stranded on this island that Kay's looking for, C is actually a robot. The original C died. Celia. Yeah, she died. And Casey, or K, they go by C and K for short, uh, created this robot that had Celia's um, memories implanted. And so she thinks she's the original one. Yeah, she thinks she's stranded on this island and she's got some of these memories. And so her drive is to find her sister. Mm Mm-hmm. And even that drive is is programmed. It's not even a real drive. It's programmed yeah. in here to find your sister. Um, so that's the big twist. So, so we're going to say, did well, you see it coming? Also, part of the big twist is that they're not even in the same time period. Correct. So the whole time you're reading this, going back and forth between each of their perspectives, um, which is part of the mystery in the beginning with and how, you know, why it was so slow is you find out that Celia or C has been missing for three months. But then mm-hmm. when you're going to C's perspective, she's been on this island for three years. So then you're like, what the heck is going on? So for me, when I was reading through, I kept thinking, well, maybe maybe she's in like some kind of different dimension or something because they kept mentioning the island and all these these different things were being mentioned between the two. So you know, you're making this connection. Um, and then there were these little references of like um, her, of C, like really hurting herself. Or uh, Hero had mentioned to her that the boat that she carried would have been like three tons or something like that. Like, how did she carry that? And it was just like really quick little throwaway lines. And I was like, this is weird. I don't know what's going on. Um, I did kind of start to suspect a little bit towards, towards when they revealed it, that maybe she wasn't human, but I didn't necessarily think Android or robot, which is, I should have, because I mean, Yumi was there and they, she had a level of intelligence. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I was surprised because I knew something was going on. I I knew that there was something different about her, but I didn't necessarily connect it to and uh, being her being a robot. 
To be fair, though, Yumi, which is C's little companion, is basically like a Roomba. <laughs> it's like a dictionary, <laughs> right? So it's a big leap to make like, well, if the Roombas exist on their world, then clearly androids exist. It's yeah. like, well. <laughs> yeah, but. So it, it's but, fair that you didn't see that. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, if you if you go back and look at some of the scenes there. Yes, Yumi could only say agree or disagree in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. She's programmed to do it that way. But. At the same time, she's still able to do what she's told. She's still able to make decisions. Um, and like there's even a scene where the the scene where um the rope breaks or something and C falls, she wakes up and finds that Yumi is like trying to help her. And so like there there's some intelligence there. Um but you know, she does kind of act also like a Roomba. <laughs> she was super cute, though. I was really sad when C, when C was first trying to leave and was like, no, stay. And I was like, but, it, but Yumi, you're leaving her behind? She's basically like a little puppy. She just follows her around everywhere. I felt, uh, uh, I felt like... Like hit in the feels when C realized in the, in, towards the end of the book that uh, Yumi let Hiro take her her new boat mm-hmm. that she or, or raft. She was like, "Oh, you you let him do this. You want me to stay?" And she said, "Strongly agree." And I was like, "Oh, Yumi, you're so cute." <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's adorable. Um, yeah, I did. I did suspect something was up because the chapters do bounce back and forth between C story and K story. And right away, I, I knew something was up. Um, I didn't suspect that she was an android. I, I, the, the ideas that popped in my mind were maybe she's a clone. Maybe this island that she's on is being observed. Like it's like a giant mm. dome or something. Like it's a part of an experiment. There's definitely something out of the ordinary. Um and then later, as the chapters progress, it's like, I feel like these stories aren't lining up quite the way we're being told they are. And so when it was revealed that the timelines were different, like, oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay, I see that now. Um, yeah, but I think I think uh, he, the author, did a really good job at peppering in all these little mysteries that just added to the sense of what is going on, mm-hmm. right? Because C was colorblind on the island. Why Why is C colorblind on the island? She has no memory of it. She just doesn't see color. That's just one of the things. So that's like a little mystery that you ask yourself, why is she colorblind? And then later on, it's revealed that it's part of the programming, mm-hmm. which again, I don't think really makes sense because if you look at the science, it doesn't really make sense. But ignoring that, it's just another little mystery that adds depth to the overall mystery that really made it enjoyable and engaging. One thing that I found, I, I found Casey's character somewhat fascinating. Um, yeah. She's very logical, mm-hmm. very sciencey, um, complete opposite from Celia. And, um, I found myself kind of connecting to her sometimes. I don't want to say that I'm as quite reserved and I guess her her terms would probably be like un, non unfeeling or mm-hmm. 
you know, something to that effect. Um, but there's times when I feel like I'm not as close or I don't feel as emotional about certain things. Um, so it was kind of interesting to, to find myself connecting with a character like that. But I found it interesting how that kind of played into her overall um, story arc in this because she was very much about, you know, finding her sister. And, um, you know, we find out, obviously, the the state of the world is because of climate change and how people are treating it and not taking care of it. Um, and then Casey also uses that to blame humanity on Celia being poisoned and eventually dying. Um, do, do you think that that kind of made her into kind of a villain of the story for a short time? The way that she reacted to this knowledge? Um, maybe it's weird because the book doesn't really have a really identifiable antagonist like there's no like overarching villain like a hero kind of is one for c um but it's really more ugh, i hate i hate that i'm gonna say this <laughs> it reminds me of frozen a little bit in that my biggest complaint with frozen sometimes is that there's no real antagonist it, it's this is sorry those two sisters and and any sort of bad guy is minor and off to the side. Hmm. And so this story is very similar. That's the story of these two sisters, but there isn't really a bad guy, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You don't always need a bad guy. Um, I'm just a Disney animation nerd and like <laughs> my Cruella DeVille's and Captain Hooks and stuff. Um, but I, I definitely think Casey had very villainy tendencies um, mm -hmm. in a different story told differently she'd be like the lex luther that's kind of, kind of what i was thinking you know like it's just it's the way the story's told no no one's the villain in their own story mm -hmm. but if if the story was com coming from meridian's point of view or uh what's his name Act actinium's point of view um she could easily be written as a villain um what i really liked about casey in comparison to to Celia is Celia, we find out C that we've you know grown attached to this entire time is a robot. But Casey's really more the robot. She's the mm -hmm. one that's very emotionless and just all logic. C's very emotional and finds beauty in everything and you know likes the quiet moments and very poetic. Um I thought that was really interesting that Casey's yeah. the human that's a robot and C's a robot that's a human it kind of blew my mind a little bit <laughs> this is very well written yeah uh, and i think you know and i've, I've mentioned before i i love ai robot stories yeah. the kind that question what makes one what makes someone human and so this this is absolutely 100 percent part of that debate mm -hmm. um and I think that it was it was very amazing that the the robots were the ones that were just very human. Mm -hmm. 
had all these emotions and were just like trying to help each other and and all that stuff. And so um, you're right. It was a very, a very interesting way to have them. Yeah. yeah even Hero, who was programmed to stop C. So mm -hmm. he's kind of a villain. He like was very caring and loving and nurturing and very, very uh, interesting way of writing the robots. Um, I do have a question, you know, really, really relates to is Casey a villain? Um, early on in the story, um, we find out that the girl's mother has died. She, she passed away prior to the story beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and then we find out a little bit about this system that people have. It's like this implant thing that it's like an interface that connects mm -hmm. your brain. I forgot what it's called. But it gives you stats and lets you see information, but it also monitors your vitals and, and your own stats, your medical stuff. And so um, it knows when you are feeling, you know, depressed. It knows when your chemical levels are out of whack. Um, and it can adjust for that. It can, like, raise, like, serotonin and, and stuff like that. Keep your chemicals Yeah, keep you in line. balanced and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um so, so then the story, Celia is sad because their mom has died. Casey, being the robot that she is, doesn't really feel <laughs> much. Like, she knows she should be sad, but she doesn't really feel sad. But she sees her sister hurting. And so she, like, hacks into Celia's system and manually adjusts her chemical levels so that she can feel better. Mm -hmm. Do you think that... K was wrong to have done that for C or is that just a case of her being a good sister? Uh, at this point they're, they're still children, right? The younger, they're, yeah. They're. Yeah. I feel like. And again, to make it clear in this book, K is a, is a STEM prodigy. Like she's a prodigy yeah. when it comes to technology and robotics and computers and all that. So she's capable of hacking and doing all this stuff where normally you shouldn't be able to. But yes, she, you're correct. They are still young. Yeah. And she is also the younger sister. Mm -hmm. um, I I think I think as children, it, it was probably more of I'm just trying to take care of my sister. I don't want her to hurt. Mm -hmm. But I think technically she shouldn't have done it. I mean, that's messing around with somebody's biology without their, without their say. Right. Um, even if it is just adjusting a few chemical levels to help balance out her mood, it's still deciding to do something with her sister's body. And in a way, it's manipulation. Um, so I don't, I really don't think that she should have done it. But I also, as them, considering that they are children, and I think I think Casey was fairly young when this happened. Um, she probably just didn't really understand um, why that wasn't okay. Whether she is a, a, an emotional robot or not, <laughs> um, she probably just didn't understand from from her being so young. Mm, that's fair. There there were a couple of moments where we're told that Casey does certain things, not really understanding why it's wrong. Um, like she knows that it's wrong because she's told, but she doesn't feel the wrongness mm -hmm. of it. Like the example I'm thinking of is again, after her mom died, Casey wanted to um, bring back those memories. 
right? Like, didn't she mm-hmm. try to get any of those memories and she wanted to like implant them in, into a robot so she can, you know, basically have her mom back. And yep. it got her in big trouble, you know, like real, real bad. She was like essentially a felon, I think. Uh, Some, yeah. And so it was a big, yeah. it was a big deal. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to mess with people's memories uh, when it comes to robotics. Uh, but again, at the time, it's like she was, she, she said, like, I know it's, she tells us that she knows it's wrong, but she doesn't really feel the wrongness of it. Mm-hmm. If, if she can do this and bring back her mom and bring back the mom, especially for her sister, then why is it wrong? Yeah. Um, she definitely got in a lot of trouble for that one. Yeah. 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 I love, I love that the sisters, they both felt broken for totally different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kay felt broken because she didn't have, she didn't feel the way she was supposed to feel about things. And she was aware of that. Like other people are sad. I'm not feeling sad. Other people are upset. I'm not feeling upset. Constantly throughout the book, she understands that she doesn't feel the same way people are supposed to feel. And then C on the flip side thinks she's broken because she's too sensitive. And she wishes she could be strong like K. K takes things very in stride because she doesn't feel things. And so both sisters felt like they were broken for the exact reasons that the other sisters thought they were strong. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it, I love but that. But really, because, they're stronger together. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. They're, they were, I think they're great sisters. They were written so well together. And I, I truly believe that these sisters got along and, and um, just made for a good pair. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to see some more memories of them together. Yeah. But but the memories we did get of them together, it showed that balance. It showed, you know, like Celia trying to get Casey to basically experience life a little bit. Um, sadly, it did eventually <laughs> lead to yeah. Some, yeah. to her death. But at the same time, you know. Um, Sully was just like, let's go see the ocean. Let's just see it. Um, actually see it in person and, you know, just trying to experience something that's not something they do every day. Um, yeah, we all, we all need people to pull us out of our comfort zones, mm-hmm. you know, especially those of us who exist more in our head. Um, so it's nice to have someone who say, Hey, let's go down and check out the beach. Just maybe not if the beach is toxic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but you know what are you gonna do? Like that's on the beach you got, so yeah, that, YOLO. So stuff happens, I guess. <laughs> um yeah. well stick sticking with the whole AI programming thing. Um yeah. so in in relation to project reset, um mm-hmm. which for anyone who may not have read this but wants to know, Project or Operation Reset was um, Casey's plan to have pretty much every single person in the world go into cry- cryostasis mm-hmm. um, in the ocean yeah. for around a thousand years. A thousand years. For around yeah. a thousand years. <laughs> To allow Earth to heal on its own. (laughs) 
Yeah, because Earth is experiencing constant like earthquakes and stuff because of all the the damage to it. Like it's it's not stable. Yeah, they're losing. So they're going to reach yeah. some sort of apocalyptic event at some point. And so to save humanity, people like the brightest minds in the world are trying to think of ways to do that. And so Casey has this plan. So there are a number of things that are <laughs> that happen that are related to this. I'm going to stick with the AI <laughs> thing first. Okay, I have a lot know, of questions after I that. I know, <laughs> but since we're already talking about robots and stuff, <laughs> sure. Um, so we find out that having this this robot um, C, or I guess technically C model. I don't I don't know if we ever found if she had more numbers or not. Mm-hmm. Um, C was created as part of this operation reset. So after. So many years, um, like these robots are supposed to be released one at a time to meet certain to to do certain tasks and and see if Earth is healed enough for humanity to come back. She's basically Eva from uh, yes or Eve from Wally. Yes, but right, but go out there see if there's plants. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> Good. That's a good comparison. <laughs> so, but part of part of wait, wait, sees Eva. Does that make Hero Wally? I guess so. And then does that make like Yumi like Mo or something? Oh, Mo. Mo, 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 Mo. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. So C obviously was programmed to basically be Casey's sister, Celia. Mm -hmm. So she's programmed with these memories that over time come back and she's, she has this drive to find her sister and this drive to survive and, and whatnot. And, um, it's, it's supposed to be like, if she reaches a certain point, C, if C reaches a certain point of happiness and, and whatnot, that will trigger the drive to find Casey down in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Did you do? Do you think programming C to be so human was actually necessary? No, that made no sense to me whatsoever. All of, all of Operation Reset made no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> like like okay, going into cryostasis for a thousand years. Okay, fine, fair enough. I get it. You want to be asleep while the earth fixes itself and then when it's you know in a good place you wake up okay that's fine but the whole like sending out these sea models to live and reach a certain level of happiness and then once they do that then you have to search out the person that you're programmed to love and wake them up that it, it felt so convoluted and overly complicated for no reason like why why do you need to reach a certain level of happiness what what's the point is of it, that? I, I mean, I guess is it supposed to simulate real human life? I guess so. Like, okay, like if you can find happiness and Earth has everything you need to have a fulfilled life, so now humans can do the same. But you're living by yourself. Like, how's the air? Okay, how's the water? Is it toxic? Is it breathable air? Is there is there animals? Are there plant life? Okay, do we have everything that is that makes Earth habitable for humans? 
we do perfect wake everybody up because they can work together to be happy if i'm by myself i'm not going to really be happy but if i have my friends and my family then i'll probably be happy well she had hero who wanted to kill her only sometimes <laughs> okay again that doesn't make sense either why only sometimes that was another I, question was I didn't have about that. Yeah, me too. Hero was programmed to stop C from waking up K, but only when I feel like it. Like, <laughs> I honestly, this is kind of off topic, but I, I feel like he only did things when it seemed like uh, he needed to do something to stop her in her tracks. I don't think she was, I don't think he was programmed to just straight up kill her. I think he was programmed to just stop her from finding Kay. So if he just found a way to make her happy and not look for Kay, he probably never would have tried to kill her again. No, I don't buy it because, okay, she's making a boat. She's about to leave the island. Okay, uh, destroy the boat. Makes sense. Don't let her, don't let her leave the uh, island. Fair enough. But she's taking all these steps prior to building a boat prior True. to building a raft and he just randomly decides i'm gonna cut the rope this time so she possibly dies but any of the other times he didn't try stopping her like he he'd help her with things like they're getting wood for the raft he's actively helping her find materials to build a raft maybe actinium just doesn't know how to program robots very well <laughs> that might be it <laughs> that might be it it's it was a user error <laughs> But I mean, it could be, you know, I think at one point um, I made a note about this too. Uh, C was basically comparing like her, her purpose, her own purpose was fueled by her memories. Mm -hmm. Whereas Hero's purpose didn't require memories. And she even says even a personality. So he's basically like, a blank slate learning how to be a person. <laughs> he's a Terminator. <laughs> but he doesn't, but he doesn't know that he's trying to kill, kill her until that mm -hmm. one time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe but it's, maybe it, it is a lack of, I don't know. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. When you look at the science a little bit, it doesn't quite make sense. But if you just take it at its yeah, value, right. at face value, then okay, it's fine. Good story. Okay. okay, again, going back to Operation Reset, C was programmed to find K. K is the one that needs to wake everybody else up. Right? Yes. What happens if K's pod is damaged? Nothing. K, C can't wake up K. C can't wake up anybody else. Yeah, I well, I think that is what was happening in the end, right? After she pushed her back into her pod. Right. Basically. Yeah, she flips out because she finds out she's a robot yeah. and tries to kill Kay. Uh, basically, nobody will ever wake up again. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a great plan. <laughs> you need to work up, wake up this one person first. Unless we misunderstood. No I don't plan. know. <laughs> How about just like just hit the wake up everybody button? Is that is that not an option? <laughs> like it was so complicated for no reason. Like or have like a have like a 
a, a council, like a, a set of 10 people you need to wake up. K's first. Oh, K's unavailable. Fine. I'm going to go wake up this person. They're unavailable. Fine. I'm going to wake up this person. Like if you want to have a group of people who are selected to truly deem if humanity is ready to come back and not trust an AI, then okay, I'll buy that. But give me more than just one person. Yeah. But I think this also might connect back to did Casey become this villain of the story? Because remember at one point her plan was originally that her and Actinium were going to decide who was going to wake up and who wasn't. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Obviously there was a, like a six year time jump. So maybe there was something in the plan that still allowed her to decide if, if I'm not going to be here, then no one is. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Kay's the narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> like she's very just like into herself and, and she thinks she said delusions of grandeur, kind of like I'm the most important person to this plan. For so no Lex reason. Luther. Huh? So Lex Luthor. Yeah, exactly. She's Lex Luthor. She's trying to save the planet, but at the same time, she's kind of a villain about it. She's she's Elon Musk. She's <laughs> right. Like if Elon Musk existed in this world, he would be K. I 100% believe that. I guess I could see that. And there's a good chance I never listened to this podcast, so I'm not afraid to say that. I feel like I mean, he's not too far. Isn't he working on artificial intelligence? Maybe. I believe he is, because I think my husband was going into detail about how <laughs> Elon Musk is terrified of AI Terminator type stuff. And so he's decided he's going to make it so that he can control it. I don't know. Wait, Elon, I don't know. <laughs> Elon is scared of Terminators existing, like bad AI existing. So he wants to create AI first to make sure it's good. I guess. Okay. We've all seen this movie before. He's inevitably <laughs> going to create the bad AI. Like if we've learned anything from our history of AI, it's that AIs will turn evil. Look at all the artificial intelligence bots on Twitter. They like instantly turn racist. Oh, yeah, because they learn from all of the other <laughs> yeah, people <exactly>. there. <laughs> so if they go racist within a week, they're instantly going to turn murderers within a year. Great job, Elon. I feel like we should just not make it no. if we want to report it. No, no. <laughs> anyway. Wait, okay, I want to go back to this Operation Reset because I have a qu another question. Okay. Maybe it was explained and I just forgot. How did Kay get into whatever, the pods, the cryostasis area that, sorry, sorry. How did C, when she was programmed to revive Kay, how did she get into there? There was... Um... I thought there was like some door thing. Uh, I mean, yes, there's a door. There's some sort of entrance, but I'm saying like. I have my book. Okay. Okay. My question. <laughs> why didn't, why wasn't Hero just programmed to go there and destroy the pods? That's is what a I'm saying. good question. That's what I'm saying. Like, he what wasn't was programmed keeping... because we needed a book. Oh. Because <laughs> he was like. <laughs> Yeah, this book's going to be a lot shorter if that's what happened. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Maybe she was trying to explain how AI could be a human. <sighs> Laura, I feel like 
I, at least I, we, but at least I have a tendency of saying we really like books and then just finding all the holes in them. Okay. It's funny. You said the same thing for Renegades. We really like Renegades. But you know, now that I think no, about I, it. But I love this book. I really no, same. love this I do book. Too. I do too. I love this book and I 100% recommend it. Like seriously, if you haven't read it, read it. It's really beautiful. It's, yeah. it's slow, but once it gets going, it's like full speed ahead. It's a roller coaster ride. It's great. Just don't question things. Well, I mean, I think every book has something about it that you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's pretty normal. I mean, it's, but, it's like Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is great. Yeah. But there's things there's in it that don't make sense. Just, why is that arm furry? But the guy was looked human. Don't question it. Just move forward. Just, just yeah. Just forget that yeah. part. <laughs> no. What, you mean it, the brother and sister, but they totally <laughs> made out? Don't, sh- no, they didn't. Just move on. <laughs> So my 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 movie nights with my cousin every mm-hmm. week. I told him the other night. I was like, I need to stop watching movies with you because all we do is poke holes in these movies, <laughs> and, and I question what's going on now. <laughs> Just watch better movies with no holes. Problem solved. Huh? <laughs> well, it was it was really happening during the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. We have the fourth one next. <laughs> oh. Actually, me and my movie group, we went through those earlier earlier this year too, all of them. Yeah. And they they get more questionable as you go on for sure. But Oh, there's a lot of technical questions that we keep asking too. And we're like, wait, but if this happened, does it mean this happens? And we're like, huh. Just that should you're right. You that should be happening, but it's not. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at my book here, though. Okay, while you do uh, that, I have another question about Operation Reset. <laughs> okay. The plan was so human-centric because it was about saving humanity. But what about all the animals? What about all the plant life? Was their plan basically to wake up in a thousand years and be like, whatever the earth looks like, whatever animals we have, whatever plant life we have, that's what we have. We're not going to try to save life as we know it, just us. Like it felt like humans were the cancer, but the plan was save the cancer, let the body die, but the cancer will be around still. I, I, I don't know. Just... Yeah, they didn't really talk about animals at all, did they? Mm-mm. The The only thing that I think that they reference for like upkeep or anything was when um when Casey was talking to, was it Leona on the island? Mm-hmm. She's She was like, are you sure you don't want a bot, like a maintenance bot or something, a cleanup bot to take care of your house? And she's like, no, I'm fine. So it, it sounds like some people may have had the option to at least have these robots taking care of their properties for a thousand years. That's true. No, you're right. That is true. They did. Robots will still exist and like. Yeah. Because they were like, we'll just, you know, we'll do what we have to when we come back. Okay. Um, That makes sense. But that still doesn't really necessarily address like animals and flora and stuff. A thousand years. Like, yeah, it does not take that. Like, you're going to have no more buildings left. No, no. (laughs) You would need so many robots. And by the time you came out of cryostasis, the world would be just 
covered in robots that would have gained sentience, become Terminators, and killed all the humans. That's the sequel. <laughs> okay, I think I found it. Okay. Um, the memory fades as I reach the bottom of the sea. She talks about the bottom of the ocean. Uh, something sparkles in the distance, a house-sized dome emerging from the sand. It's silver like the lid to a fancy dish. It lifts like a lid, too, when I reach it. I swim in without a second thought, and it sucks me down, dumps me, seawater and all, onto some slick, cold surface. So I guess it's like a suction tube? So it doesn't explicitly say, like, I, it scanned me. It, it, no, it, it just say, says it that she, like, there's lifted any sort of security it. system. It says it lifts like a lid when I reach it. I swim in, and it sucks me down and dumps me basically inside. Yeah, Hero's just gone there. I don't know. Maybe there is a system, though. Maybe maybe it did automatically open to her because it maybe. was her. Maybe. I don't know. I would have liked to have been she told that. She wouldn't really so know. question things. Um, yeah, maybe they... I don't know. Where... Like you could have easily been like, I approach and a weird red light scans over my body. I don't know what it means, <laughs> but I continue on forward. <laughs> we would be like, oh, I probably scanned oh, you for like genetic. See, you know, it was her. That's okay. <sighs> I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Can we talk about the food in this book? Because it's like. <laughs> I mean, the taro? I mean, huh? The taro? No, no. I'm, not talking, about, I'm talking about like back in the eco city. The food oh. that they eat, like there, there's, I, I saved the, the quote. Um, it says, I heard they applied to Eco City 7, but got rejected, Meridian says, as the fourth period of bell rang, classroom doors opening and discharging students into the hall. They joined the tide of flesh students coursing to the cafeteria. Makes you wonder how they got admitted to ours, Meridian mutters, as they picked up their protein cubes. Then, while getting their nutritional IV poles, Bet their plants. Oh. What? She asked as Casey motioned to her to lower her voice. Synths. It was a proper term for people who'd undergone genetic modification to synthesize their own glucose from carbon and water, a process twice as efficient as intravenous nutrient delivery. So they're just eating protein they cubes and eat IV? What? Oh. This is no way to live. I mean, they're trying to have like zero waste and stuff. Like they they probably don't have a whole lot of land oh, or anything. Okay, but this the second part where it says uh, the sense who've gone under uh, genetic modification to synthesize their own glucose from carbon and water. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. I just read that. I was like, oh, these poor people. They're just. It sounds pretty boring, though. And, but but I mean, it sounds boring only eating taro on the yeah. island too. Yeah, I don't know what's worse. Although the description of the mashed taro, like mashed potatoes, made me really start to crave mashed potatoes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe we should hang out soon and make mashed potatoes. I've never eaten taro as a food dish. I've I only ever either. had it as like a drink. Actually, I take that back. There was one time I ordered, I think, Chinese food and had taro in it it was interesting but yeah mashed potatoes sound good yeah i wonder if there's different flavored protein cubes or is it just I a generic so. protein cube i hope there are flavors hmm. 
That's a good question. <laughs> All right. Anything else you missed about this book? Um, there was something else. I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm scanning over my notes page again. I, I kind of wish we had gotten a more definitive ending rather than so open-ended. Remind me how it ends again. It's just, it's just C goes back to Waking K, right? Yeah. And it ends. Um, but that was intentional. She's, she's posted, the author has posted saying this was never intended to be more than one book. This is how it is. Like, that's fine. That's fine. I was just like, I, I kind of wanted more. Like I wanted to know what was going to happen with hero. I wanted to know, like, did Actinium, did did he just stay? Did he not go into stasis? Did he go into stasis? Is he going to still be here then? Is that going to be a problem? Cause he was a murderer. (laughs) So I was, I was hoping to get some more answers. Um, but I think I'm I'm fine as long as obviously we know that yeah. she did end up going down there too. Yeah. To Ultimately, let Casey out. Yeah. The the book is the story about the sisters. Like that's yeah. that's what it's about. It's these two sisters um understanding each other, finding each other, doing everything they can to to find each other. Um so it makes sense that the book would end there because they found each other. And I know we are, you know, poking all these holes into the science, but ultimately the science isn't the focus either. It's, it's about the sisters and the characters. And, um, so yeah. I, I like, I like how it ended. You're right. The, the curious side of me wanted to, to read more about what the world would be like, but that is an entirely different story. And, uh, I was satisfied overall. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. I feel like it was very well balanced overall. Like we got we got that character development. Um, it's very character driven between the two sisters and 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 uh, the two two guys too. <clears throat> um, I got my science fiction from it. On top of that, I got my AI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the whole climate change thing, you know, that's that's very relevant to today and, um, you know, something that has been very important to me in like the last year trying to, you know, make changes in our own household to, you know, take better care <laughs> of our planet. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see see that so part of the story um but it didn't really feel like it was more one than the other it felt it felt like i was getting everything together in a in a very balanced story and most important we got robot sex (laughs) (laughs) which we didn't know at the time but like back now i mean it wasn't explicit but yes (laughs) <laughs> you're right we didn't know at the time uh but that is what it was <laughs> all right what, what, what would you rate this 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did uh, wait what? Was it? It did happen before, right? Or did it happen after? I thought it happened before. There were away. Oh, actually, I don't know anymore. No, it Please happened hold. after. It happened after. It happened after. My notes say so. All right. Because it because my notes are saying that it happens a couple of pages after C was comparing her need for Celia's memories to Hero not needing memories. Mm. So we did get robot sex. All right. <laughs> Uh, that was really, that was actually really cute though. Cause he was, he was still like, are you okay? Is this okay? Yeah. yeah. Do we need protection? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I laughed. I was like, oh, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> There's only two of you in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. And you're asking that. That's so cute of you. <laughs> it is. Yeah. For somebody who's not programmed with a personality, he's very caring and nurturing. He he is. I'm wondering how much of that actually came from actinium. Hmm. He probably used himself. He's caring to a certain point. He probably used himself as a as a base blue, blue, blueprint or something. That's where the murderous uh, exactly that's bouts come from. Is is from when he was killing people in the end. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Uh, what what were you asking me earlier? Uh, what would you rate it? Oh, I I honestly I rated it a five. You gave it a five. I did. It's it's totally my kind of book. I loved it. Yeah, I, uh, I was going back and forth. I I, I kind of wanted to give it a five because, like I said, once once it got its hooks into me, like I devoured it and I loved it. But I had all these questions about the science that I felt like lacking. So, like maybe four four point five. That's probably what I'd give it. If, if, if it's stuff that had been explained just a little bit more, then it'd be five for me. And also it started a little slow, but. Gotcha. Hey, that's still a pretty good score though. Solid book all in all. Yeah. Um, on Goodreads, it has an average score of 3.91 out of uh, 1,842 ratings, which honestly is lower than I thought. I've heard yeah. a lot of good things about this book. And I, I felt like it'd be one of those books that would be trending around the 4.15 area, 4.2. Um, but I think you mentioned earlier, a lot of reviews are saying it, it starts slow. And I think that's that's hurting it. Um, I'm sure people are not finishing it because of that, maybe. Maybe. But uh, Which is a shame, because I think it's a really good book. Yeah. It's I, a solid I book, I really for sure. loved it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would recommend this. Yeah. So, um, anyone who likes YA, sisters, mm-hmm. uh, the, this is this is pretty good. If you like sci-fi, this is probably it might be a good uh, intro to sci-fi. I think it's I think it's because it's not too heavy. No, no. Like if you're into hard sci-fi, it's not going to do it for you. But if you like sci-fi in general, I think I think you'll like it. It has a lot in it. it has it has robots and AI and a lot. Of, it does mention a lot of different technology and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like I think it, the world building around the technology and the sci-fi is is there for sure. It's just not always explained as much as maybe we'd like, but that's fine. Yeah. I did say early on in the episode that this can be a little different because this was kind of a spontaneous episode. Uh, normally, we try to think of some recommendations that we'd want to give 
to people who like this book. Um, that said, Laura, I'm still going to put you on the spot a little bit and ask, <laughs> do you happen to have any recommendations that's come to mind? Um, the, the first one that comes to mind for me has to do with androids. Surprise. What? Uh, what? Not uh, on brand for Laura at all. <laughs> um, I, I would say if you want to read like a classic, um, android type book, um, do androids dream of electric sheep. AKA Blade Runner by Philip K. Dick is um, probably a good book to start with. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> it's, it's basically about androids um, just wanting to be human. Um, so it's a, it's more of a cyberpunk dystopian sci-fi, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty, pretty good book. So maybe read the book and then, watch the movie or, or vice versa. But which version of the movie? Oh, God. That's Let's the question. Let's not get into that. Because there's like five versions. <laughs> People need to know which version. The theatrical, uh, the, the directors, the final cut. Let's the, go with directors. The Snyder cut. No. Let, no. <laughs> I'm sure he has a cut. He has a cut of everything now. He probably does. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would. I can't remember. I I can't remember which one we ended up watching for my film class. I want to say the directors. The yeah, directors I couldn't tell you. Cut. I couldn't tell you which which is the the definitive quote unquote definitive. I cut, just know but, one of them was like apparently really long. Yeah. Uh, but I want to say the director's cut because I think the director's cut had more stuff in it that helped to make things make a little more sense. Um, like the. Oh, I don't want to do any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving um, on. But really, any any of those, any of the cuts of Blade Runner, I would say, are pretty good. Yeah, or just skip to the sequel. The sequel is great. <laughs> there's only there's only one cut of that one. Uh, you don't have enough context if you do that because yeah, that's, that's just fair. a continuation. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Um, any other recommendations? Uh, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. What about you? To I guess piggyback off of your classic sci-fi recommendation if we're going to talk about robots and ai i'm going to go classic old school irobot by mm. isaac Asimov. um it's a collection of short stories all dealing with uh robots um and the three laws of robotics the movie irobot featuring will smith was based on this um the movie bicentennial man featuring robin williams is based on one of the short stories um, I would definitely check it out. It's really good. I've read it before and I, I love it. I'm actually planning on reading it again very soon. Um, and then for fans of um, YA, I would recommend The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow. You and I read that uh, together mm -hmm. too long ago. It's another YA dystopian sci-fi, except that the planet isn't dying because of pollution. It has been invaded by aliens. <laughs> so it's more of an alien dystopian, but YA romance. Yeah. That uh, one. Yeah. Son of stars definitely leans a little more romance. Yeah. But if you like your YA sci-fi, that's another one worth checking out. Yeah, I agree. And that's all I got. Hey, we did it. Yay. We read the book and then we talked about the book. We should do this more often. We should. Let's read another book. Laura, I'm just going to say if one day it's revealed that you were an android this entire time, 
I won't be surprised. <laughs> Not because you're robotic, just because you really like AI and Android stuff a lot. You're like, you know, it makes sense now. <laughs> I want to read books about my own people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I mean, sometimes people don't know. Even Loki questioned himself. Oh, Loki. Oh, if you haven't watched Loki on Disney Plus, watch it. <laughs> At the time of recording this, the first episode just released two days ago. Uh, and by the time this is released, you probably should have already watched it. Yeah. So that won't be a spoiler. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that wraps up this episode, unless there's anything else you want to add, Laura. No, I think that covered everything. Cool, cool. As always, if you've read this book, feel free to comment on our socials and let us know what you thought of it. Uh, Laura, do you want to let the good people know where they can find your personal stuff? Sure. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter at aka underscore LB. That's E-L-L-E-B-E-E. -E -E. Though I will say I am mostly active on Instagram. Same, same. You can um, find me on Instagram and Twitter at J Ricochet. Um, it's the letter J and then the word Ricochet. Um, and the same. I'm mostly active on Instagram. Cool. And I think that's it. Cool. Thanks so much for chatting, Laura. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Um, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for listening. Um, and until next episode. Bye. See ya. This episode of Shit We've Read has been an Oblivion Geeks production, hosted by Laura Benson and Jason Rico, with music by Joshua Chilton. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For episode transcripts and more information about us, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening.